Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. I'm a feminist, but yesterday I did the Women of the World Festival, and lots of people tweeted me afterwards to say nice things about the podcast, or my set, or feminism. But the tweet I liked the most was someone asking where I'd got my red patent leather boots <laughs> because it made me feel like a style icon. And I tweeted them the link to Django and Juliet, an Australian shoe company. And I am now very much hoping that that company will send me free boots. <laughs> I did something very similar. I bought a very fancy dress from uh, Karen Millen oh. and I took a photo and I tagged Karen Millen. I was like, thank you so much, Karen Millen, for my new dress. I think it's beautiful. Oh, I didn't get it for free, but if you are thinking about sending me some, I go on TV sometimes. Haven't heard from them yet. I'm sure you will. I'm definitely I tweet, will. If I'm on a red carpet in someone's, I always tweet them and they're never fucking interested. Never. never. It's happened once, actually, once. I was in a movie in Australia. Shut up. And, um... <laughs> to bring that up and um, anyway I do you know Taddy Devine they're a London um, yeah, jewellery diviner, uh, diviner they are they get a stick and they find jewellery on the they're a jewellery diviner and and I emailed them um, like months before and said hey I'm going to do these red carpet because I didn't have a publicist I don't really know what they do and anyway I was in Australia and they sent me a big box of like accessories and all of this stuff 
And it was it was very fancy. We the guilty feminist loves Tati Divine. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag by Tati Divine. Hashtag. <laughs> And Taddy Devine, if you are listening, we do take a photo of every guest that comes on and that is put on the internet. And the internet has heaps of people on it. That's so true. Do you want to do an I'm a feminist but? I'm a feminist but before this show I met a prominent feminist, therapist and activist and the first thing I said was, ooh, you smell nice. (laughs) I'm a feminist but last week a woman who betrayed me ten years ago emailed me out of the blue saying she'd seen a piece on me in The Guardian saying it was great to see that I was doing so well and then she listed all of her achievements so I'd know she was doing better than me and suggested we meet up and so I went to yin yoga and spent the whole time planning an elaborate revenge which included bumping into her on a cruise ship and employing a private investigator I do not think that that was what the yin yoga instructor meant when she said to set an intention for the class. (laughs) P.S. If you're going on a cruise ship, aren't you only getting revenge on yourself? I've never been on a cruise ship. They're nightmares, they're three-day wedding receptions, don't do them. I think revenge is like, in my mind, it's got something to do with those sort of 1970s shows like uh, Magnum P.I. or, you know, that kind of thing. I feel... (laughs) I don't know if you know what revenge means. (laughs) Do you mean moustaches? Is that what you mean? (laughs) It's being the bigger person. That's what I think. But then secretly... Not being the bigger person. Being the much smaller... Just let's get off this. You do Okay. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but today when I was getting um, ready to leave the house in the morning, I knew I'd have a long day, and I had to choose between these high-heeled boots that I look super cute in that match my leather belt or a pair of sensible shoes. Now, the feminist in me said, Felicity, you're going to be carrying around a lot of gear today. You know what to do. And I went, yes. And I put on my sensible jogging shoes and I set out to my day. However, this afternoon, I realised I had a few more hours than I thought. And so I went an hour home, got the new boots and came back in. (laughs) I'm a feminist. (laughs) But if I got a text right now and it said, hey... You don't know me, but I'm John Hamm, <laughs> the actor. And someone sent me your podcast as a joke because you keep mentioning me. <laughs> but then I started to listen to it, and it really started to make me realise how important feminism is and how I haven't really been feminist enough up until this point. And I've listened to them all. <laughs> and I've listened to everything you've ever done. And I was especially touched by the story of you finding your birth mother, which I heard on Radio 4. And without wanting to alarm you, I've become kind of obsessed with you. And so I've come to the foyer of King's Place Theatre tonight because I know you're here. And I'll wait for half an hour and then I'll go because I'll, I'll know you're not interested and I'll never bother you again. I know for a fact... I would leave you in Felicity Ward's capable hands. <laughs> and in fact, would judge any of you for judging me for leaving my own show under these circumstances. And that's why I have to have my phone on flight mode. <laughs> in case that text comes through. Because I would, oh, I would, I would. If he was out there right now waiting, I would. Oh, no, don't leave me with 400 people. What will I do? Oh, God, I, I hate attention so much. Can't you see how shy I am? 
I just wish I'd blossom, you know? Oh, yeah, my last one. I also wish you'd put a little bit more effort in yours. They just feel like you're making them up off the top of your head. Um, Okay, I'm a feminist, but I still wish on porn sites in the for women section, occasionally they would include videos of men just being responsible dads. So hot. Just just a montage of men with like babies in little like those baby Bjorns just saying, I'll get it, like oh, oh. Just like 
feet and do general woohooing noises for Felicity Ward. Hello, hello. This is on. Good, good, good. So, um, tonight, I feel very good. I'm very excited to be here. I put my red lipstick on. I love wearing red lippy. Uh, I, it wasn't always like that. I'm not sure if anyone here remembers the first time they tried to wear red lipstick. And, oh, mate, it is a nerve-wracking experience. Someone in the front row, has this been recent for you? Is it recent? No, you've been doing it for a while? How... You've, had, you've got experience now. That first time, though, isn't it? You've got to do a lot of positive self-talk in the mirror. You've got to pop a little bit of Beyonce in the back. And you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, you are a powerful, uh, sexual, confident woman. And you are in charge of your own body. And then you walk out of the house, you're like, you look like a slut, take it off, you look like a slut. And slut's such a... It's a funny old word, the word slut, isn't it? I've got very mixed feelings about it because if a straight man calls me a slut, I'll give him a 10-minute feminist lecture, yeah? If a gay guy calls me a slut, I'm like, I am a bit of a slut, aren't I? <laughs> I'm a bit of a slut, I love to fuck. <laughs> I don't even have to know their name, just put it in me. sure why we shame women with the word slut because what's the definition it's a woman who has slept with a lot of people that's not a slut that's a fucking expert mate <laughs> she is match fit she's at the top of a game she's in peak physical condition who would you rather sleep with a virgin or the olympic gold medalist <laughs> So I think what we need to do with the word slut is we all need to reclaim it, take it back and just slightly alter the definition so when we use it, it is to mean experienced. So, just, so we can just put this in conversation everywhere, right? So just say, in conversation, someone says, oh, how long's Dave been in finance? You can say, oh, nearly 20 years. He's been a bank manager, he's been an investor, he's been a broker. I mean, amongst the industry, he is revered as an absolute slut. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I, uh, I love watching American makeover shows. Ooh, I love them. I love them. I, I love them for different reasons, but I don't love it for the reason that I think most of the world loves it, because the only reason those shows exist is because the entire conceit of the show is the woman receiving the makeover doesn't even know that she's about to be called fat by her best friend. <laughs> That is the whole conceit of this show. And they dress it up as something like altruistic because they start off with the friend who dobbed them in. They'll have like a little video interview with her and she always starts off really nice. She's like, you know, we love Julie and we know she's real busy with the quintuplets. But she's just stopped taking pride in her appearance, you know, and her skin is bad and her attitude stinks and she is not good enough for that husband of hers and I don't like the way she says tiki sticks. <laughs> But we love you, Julie, and we can't wait for you to get better because you deserve it. And then they cut back to the studio audience and that is like the drop of blood in the shark tank that these women have been waiting for. But they can't, the, the host senses the danger, right? And she just can't bring in new Julie. She's got to give them a context. So then they put a before photo up and this is the most unreasonable photo that has ever been taken of this woman. It's never like her in a, a work outfit going, oh, lasagna's expensive. It's like... 
It's like her topless, in period undies, hunched over a jacket potato, sitting in a bean bag, you know? Just sour cream all over her face, just growling it out like, this is a private moment. Ah. And when I say period undies, I don't mean starring Kira Knight and Colin Firth. I mean, they don't have any elastic and they sit well beyond the navel. So. This photo goes up, right, and the women are on their feet. They're like, burn her! <laughs> She's beyond repair! And that's when the host goes, all right, it's time to bring out new Julie. Come on out. And Julie comes out looking terrified, just wearing, like, high heels and a tea towel and um, just shaking her way down. She kind of looks like a homeless person flying business class for the first time, just surrounded by a lot of rich white women going, it's a miracle, I don't want to spit on her anymore. Yay! And the host just can't wait to ignore Julie. She's like, that's great. Like, you know, palm to the face. And then she's like, all right, now let's welcome our stylist. It's Diane. And Diane comes out and the women just about charge the stage. They're like, your teachings are more important than Gandhi himself. And she's like, stop it. I voted for Trump. And the host says, all right, Diane, well, you have been naughty because we said you could only spend $50 on this outfit, but you have clearly been shopping at Chanel. And she says, well, you might like to know that what you're looking at here is Kmart, Walmart, and JCPenney. She's like, you hush your mouth. <laughs> She's like, I will not hush my mouth. And she says, if you're not going to hush your mouth, you best tell us how much each of these items cost so the good scum at home can go and buy them. <laughs> and I'm sitting at home eating gravy with my hands. I'm like, I'm scum, I'll probably buy that, yeah. Gravy's breakfast, yeah? Yeah, gravy's breakfast. All right, come on, how much, how much, how much? And she's like, all right, well, the blouse costs $12.50, and the audience are like, The skirt costs $2.75. And the women are like, oh my God, this experience is helping me push down the great emptiness within. Oh my God. She's like, that's not even it. The shoes and the clutch combined come to a grand total of minus $17. And the women are like, that defies basic math. where the producers are missing a trick because that's where we switch off right we've seen what we wanted to see we switch off what they should do is add another segment that keeps us watching but also makes us feel more socially responsible because that's when i would like the host to say all right diane well you've told the good people at home what the monetary cost of the outfit is why don't you tell them what the human cost is and all the women would go how oh, this is new and she go, all right, the blouse, the skirt, the shoes, and the clutch combined come to a grand total of 45 children under the age of 12. And the studio audience would go, oh, my God. That still sounds like a bargain. I would buy that. I would buy that. 
because they don't care. They just want to know the price. It's like when you're watching Antiques Roadshow. I don't give a shit how many generations this has been in your family. I don't care what this meant to your mother. How much are you going to give the bitch for the vase? That's all I want to know. I just want the best bits with Antiques Roadshow. I wish they would narrow it down so it was just like a bloopers reel of the item, how much it's worth, and the victim's response. They're called victims, I don't know. It's not my problem, but I just want the best bits in life. It's the same with, like, I wish I could get that in life. I wish I could just go up to a KFC at 3 o'clock in the morning, go up to the woman behind the counter and just say, let's just quit the charade, give me what I want, can I please have a bucket of skin? <laughs> Is anyone with me on that cover? <laughs> Crispy on one side, slimy on the other? No, 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 no. That was never chicken. <laughs> you have been delightful. I've been Felicity Ward. Thank you. Please put your hands together for our very special guests, Clements Posey, Leila Hussein, and Desiree Birch. Here's our guest back from the first half. Uh, so this is Leila Hussein. Leila Hussein is a feminist activist, an FGM activist, and a psychotherapist. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Anti-FGM activist. I like to make that very clear. Because yeah. <laughs> you always call me FGM advocate, and I'm like, no, I'm not yeah, advocating that. Yeah. Okay. She's just really, really into it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm not really into that kind of stuff. So She's like not that very for clear. it, yes. just to be just, incredibly just, clear. Because, yeah, like, you know, you get the trolls that come at you. and just... Yeah. Sorry, I so thought that was implied, but I see now it really yeah. isn't. <laughs> um, and Desiree Birch, who is a comedian. Hi. See, I told you, you laughed. And yeah. you, you, said this you guys are so easy. It's so satisfying. Thank you. <laughs> so, Layla, it's International Women's Day. Have you been getting around very much doing... Uh, I met you on a panel. So I, we did. I know. We, we met did. on a Guardian panel. Yes, we That's do. That's the most middle-class well, way yeah. people can yeah. meet yeah. is on <laughs> doing a Guardian panel. By the way, can I say, I mean, the gospel, both songs that they sang, which I love, my Angela's... Arise poem. I just thought of it for a second. I thought, I would love these songs every time I have to go meet with the senior politicians, just like going at the background. So just respect mm. me, I'll rise, I know you're trying to take mm. me down. So it just feels like well, a Layla, great soundtrack. I have, in the first part, I don't know if you heard me mention that it's a great way to have extra authority at work to have a gospel choir I'm just behind you. I'm telling you, I'm going to mm. start requesting this at mm. work. Yeah. What if your alarm clock? was a gospel choir. Like, that wouldn't be so bad. You're like, what's that noise? Oh, it's heaven. Maybe today's going to be okay. And then you'd go back to sleep. Yeah, that is soothing heaven, actually. Absolutely. And yes, going back to your question, I have been getting pronounced to a lot of... All of a sudden, it's like, let's talk about women. From 1st of March to the end of March. Some of us do it 365 days yeah. In, yeah. 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 Absolutely. You just get extra amplification for these yeah, days. Yeah, I'm just, I've been doing longer hours. Yeah, it's not that you don't talk about it all year. It's just no, that this is the actually, week yeah. where people will listen. Yeah, I feel I need to get all my important points. In this and if week. they don't listen, they definitely look like they're listening. Yes. And that's mostly it's, the important thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Desiree, how yes. are you feeling about feminism this week? 
I'm feeling as great as I feel every week about feminism, which is pretty fucking great. I mean, um, well, I'm sure there's probably some terrible, horrible news about, you know, terrible things happening to women because they happen like every, you know, couple of minutes. But personally, as far as feminism is concerned, I'm feeling like... Yes, I'm drinking in what is going on during this month as well as throughout the rest of the year. And, I don't know, pretty damn good. You know, when I don't feel like I want to, like, you know, murder, death, kill, like, people, you know. But that's one facet of feminism. is <laughs> just, like, punching and, like, uppercutting and then being like, now I have to channel that into something effective because society. <laughs> Feeling. <laughs> um, Clements, are you feeling more feminist? Do you get more feminist around this period? Do you feel more activated? No, I feel just as feminist as every other day. Nice. You get out of bed in the morning, you're like, I don't even need to look at the calendar. I know how I feel. <laughs> I feel the colour purple. We woke up like this. Mm. We actually woke up. Do I actually get a little bit annoyed on International Women's Day because, like, all corporations are like, Deliveroo's like, Happy International Women's Day! It's like, I don't think that that's in your policy agenda. I don't think oh. Deliveroo are like, right, let's look at the manifesto and I think that we've been ignoring women. Like, if it, sometimes it feels when you've got a day that they're like, oh, we said it, so we've done our bit. I got sold so much stuff this year. I've never been marketed to so heavily for International Women's Day. One of the things was yoga, like, I don't know, come to yoga with women. It's always women at yoga. What other kind um, of yoga is there in this country? And then, and then I think there was an Uber thing, like, let Uber take you oh, somewhere. yes, I got that. For women. Yeah. It's, you're a woman. Uber will drive you somewhere. <laughs> so, I mean, you I'm, won't I'm be safe, but you get a free ride. Right. If, if Uber said, we'll take you somewhere at 25% below... Uh, the regular price because you're paid less, I'd be like, yes, Uber, I'm with you. But I think they were basically searching me while they were telling me it was International Women's Day. It's International Women's Day search pricing. Um, and the, uh, the funniest one, though, was um, I was offered a night out to watch some gentlemen remove their clothes. Um, it was a strip club who approached me on the internet and they said, I don't know where they got my email from because I have not been to their establishment. And they said, it's International Women's Day. Celebrate by watching Daring Dan or something like that and his dancing pecs. And I was like, how, how much is it? I, was like, I mean, I really am celebrating women if I go along to this male event, Anna. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, yeah there, was, there was some consideration. So we always do challenges, as you know, but we thought we'd save the challenges to the second half so that we had some food for thought. So I'm going to tell you what my feminist challenge was. I was on a panel, and it was at a television company that I would like to work for. Deliveroo. And <laughs> <laughs> the topic was uh, around women, obviously. It was International Women's Day, and what they were experiencing in the workplace. And... The panel was made up of three men and two women, <laughs> which I found surprising. Um, but actually, there was something good about it because it was one of the big bosses and he was hosting it. And I thought, it's great that they're taking responsibility and saying, hey, it's not just a women's problem and showing interest. So I thought that was great. But then there was another man and he wasn't clear what he was doing there either. <laughs> we were both going, why are you here? And he, I mean, he didn't ask me that. He knew why I was there. But I said to him pretty bluntly, because I know him, why are you here? And he went, I don't know. <laughs> but I can't say no because he's in show business. It's like I'm not going to say no to the TV company. So really, whatever they ask of me. And then there was another woman who was a senior person at this company and me. 
And she really, first thing she said was, I'm not a feminist, the word makes me cringe, I hate the word, and I don't identify with being a feminist, I don't like quotas, I don't like anything about this. And at the time I thought, well, she represents the company, so if you're a young woman listening to this, you're gonna think, well, I better not say I'm a feminist, because the senior woman there is saying she isn't. And if they'd had another senior woman from the same company saying, well, I am, I think it would have been okay. But as it was, it was just me and I'm a comedian. They don't give a fuck about me. So I thought, I have to say something, but obviously something tactful, not to be a rude guest. And so she started to talk about her policies and how she recruits and how she says, I will not have it. You know, women in my team are not confident, and they're saying, I'm, I'm not sure why. And, um, <laughs> and they're saying, no, it wasn't, it's really not because of her. What's she wrong said, with you fucking idiots? Why aren't you confident? <laughs> <laughs> she said, they're sometimes not confident, they won't go up for a new role. And I insist that they do. I say, you are fantastic, and you will go up for this new role. And I prepare them to go up for it, and I push them forward. And she said, I never, ever, ever hire unless I see the same amount of female-to-male candidates. She said, I'm not going to hire a man unless I've seen a woman. And if I see five men, then I say to the recruiters, you've got to get me five women. Mm. And so I just looked down the panel at her, (laughs) and I said, whatever you say you are, you're a feminist. Exactly. And she smiled, and I could see it was like, although she said she didn't want to be a feminist, when I said she was, she was, like, endorsed. She went, oh, well... (laughs) And I thought... You know, I'm there as the guilty feminist. And I think sometimes it's a feeling of, I'm not allowed in this club or I don't understand this club. And I just said, you are. And some women in the audience applauded. So the challenge, because that's what I did in the moment, but the challenge was afterwards, because I really thought about it. And I think, you know, I try and be a nice person. I try and do good things. But my big fatal flaw, I think, is I want to be liked. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be liked. Who wants to be hated? But sometimes when you've got to make that decision to do something it's easy to pull back and go, well, I think I did something on the day and I want her to have a good impression of me and ring me up and say, you were fantastic, why don't you have your own television show? (laughs) So, So I thought, no, I am going to do this. So I wrote her an email and I said, I was really impressed with what you said and the things that you talked about doing. And as far as I'm concerned, you seem to me to be a powerful feminist in a male dominated space doing really important work for women. And I said, feminism is the belief in equality. Actually, I did a better definition than that. Um, Googled it. You're going to love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wait for it. It it doesn't matter. I said some good stuff. And then I said, I would rather you say you weren't a feminist and be one than say you're a feminist and not be one. But I would rather again that we all own the word and belong to the same tribe and go forward together. So I invite you to listen to my podcast, which is Super Accessible Feminism, and I would love you to come along to the show. Please contact me, because I really believe you are a feminist. She hasn't emailed back. Why hasn't she emailed back? Why hasn't she emailed back? I don't think she likes me anymore. She had to email back at least one other man before she emailed you back. Layla, you must have this at times. Do you work with women who don't want to be called feminists? Fucking hell, all the time. Um, (laughs) Especially when I'm working with women from very conservative backgrounds, a.k.a. Somalis. (laughs) I'm Somali, so... um, Yeah, I'm not a pirate, just saying. Um, I have nothing to do with the piracy or any of the other stuff. Um, Why are you wearing an eye patch? Or I know... (laughs) 
was just thinking, you'd look great I in just, an eye patch, I, I, honestly. I, I, Desiree, play along, they can't see at home. <laughs> Trust me, she does. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. What's going on with the parrot? Listen, everywhere I go, I'm, the moment I mention someone, it's like, well, you know, but the pirates and uh, Shabab. And I'm like, I don't know these people. I've heard of them like you did on TV, you know? So, Can't you just say, is that the first and only thing you've ever learned about Somalia? You know? I know, because, I like, like to talk about really things. important history. Like, you know, we had, I swear to God, this is true, we have the best banana in the world. Like, we nice. do. I um, like to put that in our history. Is that a euphemism? Whoa. No, 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 no. No, no, no. This is not being like, you know, the best banana in the world. The best. Apparently, we have the best factories where every, the whole world is coming together. But I like to stick to that and I like to promote that part well, of factories. Well, bananas I mean, aren't made in factories, no. are they? This I is where the big, I don't want to name the big banana companies, but. No, that, do. We might get said bananas. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that. Well, I'm oh. Somali, you know. Banana is something oh. that we actually like, in case you haven't noticed. Again, I'm not making another new entry in terms of banana. In <laughs> Australia, we have the big banana. That's how no, good our banana is. I like to, I like to compete with that one. Mm. Is it? Oh, she's not even looking me in the eyes while she says that. This There's has got so very much heated. heat right now. I know. You guys cannot even deal this with is, this. This is two, feminism, people. In 2011, yeah. no, this is an important Australian crisis. This is important. In 2011, we had a flood. And it wiped out most of our banana population. <laughs> and they went from $3 a kilo to $17 a kilo. I, I want to I so spread the rumour about the bananas. About best bananas. <laughs> it's not inclusive, is what it's she's saying. It's not inclusive to my bananas? But listen, going back to the question of feminism. <laughs> so I, back to feminism. I, I, see, when Somalis have that conversation about the banana, it's quite serious. We really take this very seriously. No, I feel. It's, 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 it's almost as bad as that time we got onto Sex and the City and who Carrie should have ended up with. That was nearly a fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed with the Mr. Big stuff. I know. Who was it? Who was She should have married New York. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. I do, I do come across a lot of women, especially young girls, who don't like the word... Feminism, and I remember sometimes I had to be on the radio show with this crazy conservative woman who really just she had like a folder that came out. She goes, "Well, Leila Hussein, I see that." Yeah, I mean, she did her research. I mean, which is great. I even know some stuff that she knew. Um, <laughs> and she said to me, "You know, feminism has ruined families. It's ruined relationships. It's done this." And I said, "Well, I'm glad feminism gave you the power to even." speak and have an opinion <laughs> you know that was my that was my response to her I said I'm glad you can actually express this because it was because of feminism you can come and sit down on this panel and express that so I said I would like to thank feminism for this <laughs> you know it was like that kind of response so for me my challenge has been around this is to remove the there's a shame connected to feminism and I don't get it I know we're angry, and I think we have every right to be fucking angry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. voted Trump as a president, so I have every right to be angry. And as a black woman, see, this is another layer to this mm. in terms of feminism. There's this idea that, oh, you know, you're the, are you a, someone said to me, are you a civil rights campaigner or a feminist? And I said, why can't I be in the same thing? Didn't no, you sense. have to choose. You have to choose. I was told I had you to choose. You can only do one. Oh, my favorite one. Uh, you cannot be a Muslim and be a feminist is my favorite one. And I'm like, I'm a Muslim, I'm a feminist, and I like to fuck. (laughs) And um, just to point that out, I have undergone FGM, and I'm in a great example where FGM actually worked. (laughs) The whole point of FGM was to, you know, control our bodies. 
you won't specify a voice or be a sexual woman or a sensual woman or think about men. And I'm like, oh, bring Idris Elba poster, then we'll see <laughs> if it worked. And I always say, you can just see it didn't work. <laughs> it really didn't. There you go. <laughs> Great book title. Oh, God, they're going to come after me. Desiree. Um, how do you feel feminism is growing and do you feel it's kind of, it's having a revival and where's it going to go? Like, are we going to be able to get anything done? <laughs> wow. All the questions, Deborah. Mm. Thank you. Answer any well, part of that you feel most shoulders. inspired by. Well, okay. So, um, I think, well, it feels like there is a resurgence in feminism. It seems like a lot of the negative, very staunchly capitalist, consumerist, corrosive elements have drawn out women to be like, actually not in my body, not in my life, like not in the world that I want to be in in the future. And so I think that uh, because of really, really terrible times, more people are claiming uh, the feminism and claiming the actions that need to stand behind that. I mean, there are still people like the women that you reference that are uncomfortable with the word. And I feel like, I don't know. I mean, it's not the exact same thing, but I feel like the people who are sort of denying the feminism label, even though they're kind of like, you know, yeah, I believe in, you know, we should have some equal rights and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I feel like they're kind of like the all lives matter people, you know, in that way where they won't claim the fact that like, look, you're a feminist because when we raise women up, we raise everybody up. And like, you know, until women have full, complete, like rights to their bodies, to their lives, to, you know, reap the rewards of the work that they put in, then like nothing's really equal. I'm hoping that feminism is coming up as much as I'm feeling, but I'm hoping that we're also sort of making links to other movements because, you know, there are root causes that infect all of us. And I think that it is important to kind of like claim space and go like, these are things that are particular to women and different kinds of women. But like, we've been talking about intersectionality so much. Like, I think the natural next step is to be like, actually, all of these different issues have some really common threads that if we all rose up and decided that we wanted something different, why would the point of making a society be to preserve the like shitty laws of the jungle that we seem to like tout as like, oh, you know, like the person who's the strongest gets the most shit. And like, that's the way it's always <laughs> supposed to be. It's like, well, why did we make society then? Like we could have stayed in a fucking jungle clubbing each other, but we decided we wanted something better and we didn't finish. So like, let's keep going until we get close to finishing, maybe. Why don't we just rise up? Like, women are 50% of the population, and people of colour get such a terrible deal all the time. And, uh, you know, the LGBTQ community, disabled people... Most people, when you think about it, aren't white, straight, posh men. They really are in the minority. Like, white, straight, rich men are a minority. But we've been taught the shame and we've been taught the isolation of it. And so we've been taught the key things in order to police ourselves. Like, I had the same conversation a couple of weeks ago with a few of my female friends of color. You know, one of them was like, well, why do we take it? Why? And it's just like, but we've learned this since the time that we learned who we were as individual people. Like, it, it, Wait, it was the air we breathed. Wait, education system. If you look at education yeah. system. And the, and, yeah, and yeah, over a decade of education only serve to reinforce that. Right, but if we all just went, okay, we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that we don't do it for these patriarchal reasons. Let's do it anyway. Like, let's pick a day and have an uprising. So, that, these, if you think about... <laughs> I feel like we could do it. It better be a Tuesday. 
If you, if you think about the Women's March, for example, I can't speak for everyone else, I was very excited to see that that was a worldwide march. It was exciting that it was so overwhelming, that people were everywhere, that people who weren't on the streets were barracking for the people who were on the streets. Imagine if we had an objective that day. Oh, I thought but you were like, going to say clubs. If the objective was to... Right. Anything. The march was great, and that's a great starting point. But imagine if we just had one thing that we needed to just achieve that day. Yeah. So in Iceland, I'm not sure if I'm getting the year right. That would be a surprise. 19, um, <laughs> 1975. It was, I was going to say 1973, where they... Uh, so I was close. I was, right decade, <laughs> right century, guys. Huh? <laughs> There was two bits to it, where one, they were leaving work at like 3.30, so they were doing 73% of their workday because they were getting paid less, and then one day it was up to 90% of the female population just went on strike. Can you imagine if 90% of English women did anything together? Like, we just, we just went... But now, also, they went on strike from everything, from childcare, yes, from housework, from paid everything. Paid, unpaid labour. And it's I, still I, I, tried, I tried to suggest similar march to get rid of tampon taxing. We should mm-hmm. just march and just bleed everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, just bleed. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And this government won't take the tax away. They'll give us the tampons for free in the middle of the streets. <laughs> Can you imagine walking to work with your bag and everything just bleeding? Why are you bleeding? Well, I can't free. afford it. I'm sorry. I wanted... First of all, hold on. To do but that at the same time, we're going to have to sync our periods first. <laughs> so what we need <laughs> is we all need to, need to stay hang in out. one hotel. <laughs> Watch a bunch of romantic comedies. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, we can sync within a good I, five I, days. I, people, guys, you guys, this is, you think this is funny, but I really think we should do it. And I'm asked, I really rant about this like a crazy person everywhere I go. When people say to me, you know, oh, Mrs. Hussain, you know, how are we going to tackle FGM? And I'm like, I'm being taxed for having cramps and, like, PMS. Like, I, I can't even talk about FGM right now. So the idea that... Jaffa cakes are considered essential. (laughs) I'm not joking. Check this out. Seriously. I suggest so we go out to March and just bleed everywhere, or we use Jaffa cakes as tampons. I mean, really. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm not even joking. I think we really should do this. You might get men to go down on you more. (laughs) (laughs) It would would taste different. I like that. There's a tree in it for you. Do we have any questions? (laughs) (laughs) So I wonder whether some of the stigma around feminism is because it's become so policed amongst women. And I I am wholeheartedly a feminist. Um, Thank you for clarifying that. Just just to clarify. (laughs) But... um, it seems there are so many caveats to fill now and so many hierarchies, it becomes so hard to hit all the nails on the head. I wonder why it's so hard to acknowledge that we can have a diverse set of feminisms almost within a whole movement and want different things but still move together in understanding and achieving them. Yes, it's tricky. I feel (laughs) I get more criticism from feminists online than I do from Meninists. And I feel like the more you're Mm. almost where they are, but they see that you have made an error or you've used the wrong language, the more you come under attack. So most of the time I really do try and see it as a compliment because I think 
what I've set up is a space where they basically someone writes in and goes, I thought I was included here. And you said something that made me feel unincluded. And I think, well, they're not knocking on the window of a Pall Mall gentleman's club going, I thought I was included here. <laughs> they don't, they're never going to attack those guys because those guys are like, yeah, you're not welcome. But I made a little stall and I said, everyone's welcome. So if someone feels unwelcome, they can often have an emotional response. But it's like family. They feel they can say that to me in a sort of angry voice. So most of the time, what I try and say is, I'm really sorry, what form of language would have made you feel more included? And there's something that came out in today's podcast, and I was looking at Twitter because I was like, I know exactly what it is. But I didn't know then that I shouldn't say that. It was actually one I did with Flick, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge last year. And a year. terrible influence. Yeah. yeah. She was talking about high heels, and I said, no, I tend to wear flats on stage now because I like to bounce around. I said, I'm probably getting older because I'm worried about mobility. No woman <laughs> under 30 has ever used the word mobility. <laughs> no. That is very ableist. And I know that there are people who listen to this podcast at home, they're disabled, and they're going to go, but I have to use that word all the time. So I really want to try and be more inclusive. But sometimes the thing is with comedy, it's really hard to be consistently funny and consistently careful. Yeah, a joke is always on something or someone. And then because you have a podcast, that something or someone's going to be like, hey, you know, (laughs) I heard what you've said. But it's not really on, on anybody. It's just sometimes you forget who you're not including when you make that joke. You forget how somebody's going to feel. And it's really hard. My heart is open to learning. I will hopefully always be learning about feminism. I just wish there was a way that we could still be running and talking while we're running rather than stopping and going, should we have a cup of tea about this? Because mm. there's shit, there's people that are dying, you know, like, mm. and language is important. have a gospel choir. Exactly. Well, yeah. And I say this as a caveat, I'm a white, middle-class, cisgendered woman, so there's lots of things that I don't have to worry about, and I really get that. For the people that have newly found their voice. I want to figure out how I can carry them and we can have a conversation about this while still moving towards a goal that includes all of us, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, another question? Well, there's loads. Um, I just, first of all, I want to say thank you for everything that you just said. I think it's really important, like, being called out is an important thing. And I think if you're willing to be called out and apologise and accept that you've said something that isn't inclusive of everybody or somebody hasn't felt... Somebody has felt, like, a, a little bit offended by what you've said and you're like, OK, I hear that, rather than being like, no, that wasn't my intention. That's so important. And today, the, the podcast that you released today was on sexuality, and I'm a lesbian, woo. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, yay. And it was, just, it was, it was almost, like, relief... And that's sad that it was relief because sometimes you can feel like you're not included. Mm -hmm. And before, when you were talking about how you were on a panel with women and um, you said that not all of the women identified themselves with feminism, and I think that there's one side where there's women who feel like, oh, feminism is too militant. But then on the other side of that, there's also women who feel like they aren't included and a lot of the time feminism is just associated with white, as you said, white middle class cis women and 
to be an intersectional feminist is just really weird that you have to put another word in front of feminism to say that you include everybody. Mm. And I was talking um, to my friends in the interval about how some women identify as um, being a womanist rather than a feminist because um, they see that as more inclusive and more intersectional. And a lot of um, black women as well um, on social media especially, um, use womanism rather than feminism because they feel like that is a more inclusive term. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to say thank you because I, that was just really, really nice to hear. And you guys just being like, yeah, sometimes we, we just need to know when to step back and take everything in because the fact that you're willing to listen and you're on a platform of privilege and influencing people yeah. and want to move people forward. Okay, yeah. I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, no, 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 that's lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah. I just want to say, because I've made out like every single time anyone says anything, I'm just like, how can I hear more? And there have been times when I felt like someone's actually been trolling me because they don't seem to want me to change. They seem to want me to die. So at that point, I go, I don't think this is about you. And, but lots of people do tweet me. And actually, um, one of them's coming on the podcast as a guest because I DM'd her and said, OK, I really want to learn. How have I got this wrong? And uh, she's coming on the, as a guest and we're going to talk about minefields. But that's how I met her. I met her because she was sort of going, how can you not know this? And I was like, because I don't. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, but, but all we can do is kind of learn and listen. But if someone is really attacking you, you try and build a bridge and that bridge is not welcome. I'm really doing my best. And I'm aware that to some people, my best will never be good enough. I heard someone the other day, was it on that panel that we did that someone said... Well, maybe it was you that said it, Leila. Don't worry about being perfect, just be good. Yeah, well, uh, yeah something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, as you were saying, it's what you made me think about. Um, it's important that we do have these conversations, and I might be offended, but I need to see it's coming from a good place. I think that's really important when you are in that. And I remember this happened when... Um, I'm not going to name names, but it was a, a politician... And she wanted to engage with me as a black woman because I was the only black woman in the room. Initials? Um, Can you get initials? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you in the green room. And then she went, oh, Leila Hussein, you know. She went, Leila Hussein, tell me um, the journey of a black woman's hair. And I went, huh? The journey of a black woman's yeah. hair? Yeah. Can we do a podcast on that Wait, at some but point? Yeah. Didn't she, wasn't she a black woman? No, no, you no. Said, oh, I no, thought no, you no, said she's she not was black. No, woman. no, no. That's okay. she's a politician. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. Why? I should have made it clear. Has your hair put out a diary recently? <laughs> the journey of a black woman's hair. Yeah. She actually said, tell me, tell me your journey as a black woman. I said, well, I just braid my hair and... I don't know. I said, well, black women in hair is a totally different conversation, but it was just the way she asked me the question. And, and I said, you know, um, let's meet for coffee and really talk about this and bring lots of tissues because it's going to be heartbreaking <laughs> a couple of times. You know, it was, but it was just the way she said it. Everybody around got really uncomfortable. And mm. what well, I felt, I did feel uncomfortable because when I go to such events and talk about my work, I don't want anyone asking me about my hair. I mean, I, had, I did have purple hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't help. Um, so, yeah, so my intent at the end was, you know, maybe she was coming from a good place. She genuinely wanted to know what it's like to have black women's hair and different hairs. Oh, I just want to get into a whole PowerPoint presentation about this. But I had to come to the decision that she was coming from a good place, Leila. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Like, I have to constantly tell that to myself now where I am. Do we have another question? Loads. Shit. Ooh. 
There's, this is front privilege, isn't it, down yeah. here? This is front of theatre privilege. The woman out the back has nearly clapped her shoulder out of the Acknowledge the privilege yeah. in the room. <laughs> Acknowledge your privilege. You're up the front. Yes. I feel very privileged, thank you. Um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering, how do we get the buy-in of more men to get into... <laughs> I know, I'm sorry I said men. Um, do we not need to include them in the conversation? Do we not need to have men who there identify... There are men here. Just shout if you're a man. <laughs> See? Included. There you go. Boom. Done. 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 Sorry. No, I hear what you're saying. This is a very common question. Do you remember that night mm. we got asked? The same question. And, and I said... Mm, Again, it's our education system. Men don't feel they even need to be in these places. You know, they've done their bit. And sometimes it feels like we need to thank men for turning up to these places. I'm not going to fucking thank you for turning up. I will, because I need you to like me. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for turning up. Thank you for turning up. It's a very do me, In France, Clements, do men identify as feminists? Here, here increasingly, men identify oh, as oh. feminists. I'm not sure the word is used as much in France somehow. Mm. But what I feel like is that there's been an obvious change in the way men share the work uh, and share the sort of the housework. Uh, so you think the, it's more of an act of change than there's a an discussion? Act of change. Maybe it's Flick's thing of they're running, they're not stopping to talk about it. Do we have another question? Yes. Oh, yes, there's maybe at the back. Yes, of course, back, back. We've got to include people at the back. I'm afraid it's actually linked to the previous question. Only because I uh, asked this question on another panel, and it's interesting that Leila says she's had this question a lot. And I do feel like the question of how can we galvanise more men towards the feminist cause does get, um, and this is a comedy show, so I know it does get laughed off a bit, but the problem I have is, you know, I speak to my dad, and my dad is like, I just think my generation needs to just fucking die off, and then <laughs> everything will be fine. <laughs> Which is great. So that's a great point. And then, you know, and then the other thing that everyone says is, well, the most important thing is to educate our sons and to treat, make sure that Absolutely. the next generation, mm. it, it doesn't have any of this crap. Um, and I know we're part of the constant fight of what do we do with everyone our own age? And I spend a lot of time talking to my male friends about this. And I've had quite a few turn around in recent months. And like you say, there's been a recent resurgence in young men who are interested. And I said, yeah, I, I'm really starting to think about it. And I guess we're never going to change gender politics until we re-educate men on what gender means to them, until we stop telling men to man up and we stop telling men to stop being a girl, then we're never going to change anything. And that's great for our sons, but I guess I'm just asking, how the fuck do we do it now to the men that are our age that I look right. at? How do we engage men now? Desiree, do you engage men much? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, not as much as I want. Uh, no. I, I mean, I agree with what's been said so far. I would say education is a big part of it, and that happens in various ways. I think, obviously, the way that we're educated in our schools. I mean, it teaches us patriotism and, like, we never fucked up ever and also go be a good worker. So, like, I think it's important to have, like, countermeasures in place. Like, a lot of times, myself included, like, I wasn't really hearing these messages until I got to university, you know? And by that point, like, I'm a grown person, and I've already started to form fucked-up opinions 
opinions about myself and the world that I have to then undo. So a lot of the education is like a deprogramming kind of education. As someone who is a comedian and a storyteller, I feel like, you know, the very interpersonal uh, education of telling stories and creating empathy, you know, really does matter. I think the point that you made as far as, you know, this is how this institution hurts you too. This is where your interests lie is maybe sometimes an easier way in. It may, you know what I mean? I think, I think it's about somebody finding it uh, immediate enough to them to start digging deeper. Well, I was talking to Dick about this today, actually, that it's often said that Dickens did more for socialism in this country than Marx, because Marx had a lot of highfalutin, terribly difficult, controversial-sounding ideas, but Dickens wrote about a rich child who fell into the poor child system and then became this orphan in the form of Oliver Twist. And everybody reading it, who was rich and influential, went, but that could have been my child. And that's why Oliver Twist was originally rich, because a poor child, well, that's just the breaks for the poor people. But as soon as a rich child could slip into that system, suddenly they could read about themselves. So storytelling is incredibly powerful, but I also think that that a status raise really works as well. Like that thing that when I... And I really did mean it when I said to the woman on the panel, I don't care what you say you are, you are a feminist. Because if you see a man doing something that's feminist... And you say, like, it's really powerful what you're doing because you have more influence because you have male privilege. And I find that really important as a woman. And it makes me really like you. And do you want to come back to my place? <laughs> then there will be feminists no time. Uh, no, obviously I escalated that for comedic purposes. But I do think... <laughs> I do think that reaching out and being positively powerful rather than telling people what they're not doing all the time. Now, if you really can't say anything positive to somebody at all, because there's nothing positive about them, <laughs> they're probably never going to be your ally. So move on. Yeah. But if you think there's a glimmer of hope for change, then play into that. That's what I would say. Um, Absolutely. So what should so we tell Donald Trump? <laughs> Oh, fuck him. He's never going to be our ally. We need to be galvanising people who are our allies to do some damage limitation while he's in and then get him out. Are we meant to be finishing now? Is that what you're saying? I don't feel we've done enough. Oh, no. We've never done enough. Yeah, it's really the feeling of feminism. That's the point. (laughs) Felicity Ward, do you have anything you'd like us to see or go to? Oh, my Twitter handle for my name, Felicity Ward, it's very complicated, is at Felicity Ward. Uh, My Instagram is also difficult. It is at Felicity Ward. And my Facebook, write it down if you need to, is Felicity Ward. Oh, and my website is felicityward.com. I don't want to overwhelm you. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I do. My debut stand-up hour uh, goes up at Soho Theatre a week from tonight. If you want to laugh mostly about dirty shit, you should totally come. It's, it's gonna... really good, that yes. show. You, you will should ruin your outfit at the show. It's going to be so good. But we yeah. should sell that show out between us. <laughs> Layla Hussein, what would you like to plug? I did um, publish an article today on um, The Guardian. I tried to smuggle vagina cupcakes in Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> Please go and read it and share it. Okay, we're going to get you back uh, it's a to talk about cupcake. This. Oh, it's a long story. Oh, My mum is literally like, okay. horrified today. Really was, okay. Yeah, I tried to smuggle it in. You tried to smuggle a vulva cupcake? In, in, a, in a village in Ethiopia. 
And how did that go? I got stopped, it was confiscated. <laughs> and I said to the guy, I hope you enjoy these pussies. <laughs> that was my life. Did you not also chase Theresa May down the street with a 20-foot vagina? Well, that was the plan. And the lawyers at Channel 4 said, Lady, you're fucking crazy. You're not going to do that. But I did stand outside her surgery, like, going, at FGM now. But, you know, she didn't come out. So I like to take credit scaring her out of the building. <laughs> but we, we have that six-foot vagina. If anyone wants to kind of rent it from us, we, we have an event that we call um, Clip Rock, 31st of March. If any of you guys are around, actually, that's a plug I'm going to do. Just remembered. Uh, and uh, that's where the six-foot vagina will be at. And we have a booth called Kiss My Pussy booth. <laughs> yeah, come round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we will all be at Clit Rock as well. Yeah. Uh, Clement's Posey. Uh, what you could go and see is uh, I, I work with brilliant people who have started a while ago a platform called Women Worldwide Web, W4, um, and it's a crowdfunding platform and it deals with all sorts of things in all sorts of countries and places and education, health and creativity and um, safety for girls and women. So go check that out and help them out. They're great. Just to clarify, Clit Rock does the same thing. I just said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we raise funds for women and girls. <laughs> as soon as this work, I was like, oh, shit, I should have mentioned that part. <laughs> it's not just women playing instruments with their clitoris. <laughs> was women playing their clitorises like instruments, like... <laughs> like a harp. <laughs> a little finger piano. Yes. Again, I would like to clarify that. I would oh like God. to plug up my podcast, Global Pillage, and if everyone listening to this would just listen to it once, um, it would be as popular as this podcast. <laughs> so if you could do that then that would really help me out. No, because radio and TV people are interested in it and we need to show them that diverse comedy panel shows are appealing. It's, it, loads of people listen to it, but I'm trying to really push my numbers up because I want the television people to go, we have to have it. So I'm artificially doing that <laughs> by pretending diverse comedy panel shows are more popular than they are. Just um, download it and then you don't even have to listen to it. <laughs> no, you do, you do. I know what you're saying. <laughs> that's cheating. You do it, though. That's fine. Um, <laughs> on May 22nd, here, we have a leadership event. So if you have a career that in any way uh, involves you needing to deliver presentations, go up for job interviews, walk into rooms with authority, this day is for you. I'm going to do all my corporate stuff that I do. Then we're going to have lunch, breakout, into afternoon sessions. One of the breakouts is going to be you can... You are not being as helpful as you think you are, Flick. <laughs> One of the breakouts is like you can join a gospel choir. One of the breakouts will be you can learn to do stand-up comedy, but it won't be scary. It'll be all baby steps. Then there's going to be a special episode of The Guilty Feminist uh, with an amazing person called Suzanne Williams, and she talks to people who have hostages and negotiates with them. So we're going to have a whole podcast about negotiation, and she's going to tell us all her secrets, which I'm very excited about because I want a new bathroom. So, I'm kidding. I am kidding. But it doesn't hurt for that kind of thing, does it? Um, that was a very funny joke, Deborah. Um, <laughs> appreciate it. 
So I'm going to quickly say, follow The Guilty Feminist on Twitter, at GuiltFemPod. Check out our Instagram, like our Facebook page, sign up to our mailing list. And please go to iTunes, rate, review and subscribe. It's International Women's Day. Give it five fucking stars. Come on now.
Kingski. Thanks to Zoe, Metal Sally and everyone at King's Place as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfabulous.com. positive now if you have if you really can't say anything positive to somebody at all because there's nothing positive about them <laughs> in all probability tom i'm in the middle of a sentence <laughs> fuck off <laughs> and thank you for producing the podcast and editing it as well though that's really good it's hours and hours of producing it it was um, quite a long sentence uh, <laughs> Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit.